This episode of To The Last Drop is sponsored by the Listen Audio app, where you can stream all your favorite radio stations, you can catch up on all the latest news and entertainment, and dive into captivating podcasts like this one, all in the same app. Download Listen, that's L-I-S-T-N, from the App Store or Google Play. The Listen Audio app, everywhere you are. It's time for To The Last Drop podcast with Liam Delcom and Brendan Nell. Welcome back. Yeah, this is To The Last Drop. I'm Brendan Nell. I'm back. I was gone last week. Liam filled in very well for me. I listened to the episode. I quite enjoyed it then. Uh, Liam Delcom's with me, and we've got a special guest today, all the way from Durban, uh, World Cup winner, Ox and Chair. Uh, welcome, Liam. Welcome, Ox. Yeah. I have to say, Ox, you still have that that World Cup winning glow about you. Um, I hope that lasts for a very long time. <laughs> I think it's a lighting, Liam, man. I think it's a lighting, <laughs> Now, Ox, obviously, uh, I, I suppose the first question, I mean, we all saw what happened at the World Cup. We we saw the the, the impressive trophy tour afterwards. Uh, first of all, how did you survive that trophy tour? Because it looked extremely um, long and taxing in so many different ways, uh, not just the length of it, but I'm sure there was uh, some lubrication on the uh, on the buses as well. Uh, and, and, and just, yeah, what have you been doing in your three weeks or two and a half weeks that you've had off? Well, yeah, the trophy, it was a fairly texting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Probably like slept, tried to sleep at least six hours every single day, and that's how I kept going. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, afterwards, when I came to Durban, just to look at my places so far, and then went back home. And then, yeah, did a few things back home. And then, yeah, now I went to Malanga for, for some off time took a break, and then yeah, I came back to Durban. I know you guys have been away from home for a very long time, and obviously you used to touring. I mean, you toured in what, Super Rugby and obviously URC and so on and now with the Springboks. Um, this trophy tour, I take it there were moments where you longed for home just as much as you perhaps did in Auckland or if you were in Cardiff or wherever. Uh, actually, funny enough, like, because that's what, uh, like, after we won, like, yo, we finally get to go home. And you know, you see family. And then during the trophy tour, you actually like you get a moment, you like actually it means a lot more for like people of South Africa being on the tour than actually being home. And I think that's when you're like, you know what, I, I have one more week in me. I'm just gonna go out. <laughs> and then you know, as much as I wanted to go home, but I felt like for me it was it was more important than like to be on the bus tour to see the kids' faces. To see the joy on people's faces, just yeah, you know, it's just awesome. Have you felt like your life has changed now that you're a World Cup winner? I mean, you were Beast was there the last one. You came into the Bok team basically just after that um, and and established yourself. But uh, this last four year journey, does it feel like it's anything different? And have you noticed people sort of change towards you now that you're a World Cup winner? <laughs> yeah, fairly. I mean, yeah, it's 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 weird because. I used to, it was like, you know, I'd walk into a mall and I'd walk out just fine walking, get what I need to get and get out. And now you walk into a mall and you're like, yeah, that's folks. Then everyone like, now people that you've always been like, you go to the same shops and then you've, you've been walking past them, beating them. All of a sudden now you have to stop, take pictures and all of that. But it's, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's been a massive change. And yeah, but I'm enjoying it. 
I can imagine. Like, we saw the, that video. I'm sure you also saw the Makazole trying to go to spa and people breaking out in song. You haven't had that happen to you just yet, have you? I did. Actually, I was literally um, in Bluffington and I went to the garage in the morning. I was driving back to Durban. And, yeah, I don't know, like, three people noticed me, like, the, the work is there. And then all of a sudden, they started singing. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Have things ended up on your plate or on your table as a result of your, as a result of your fame? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fairly, I mean, uh, Woolworths came through with uh, some cake and, you know, gave, gave me, like, I could, they said I could go to any Woolworths in the country and get myself cake, which is, I mean, fantastic. Uh, and as well as uh, Hasako. So, it, as well, same. I, anytime I need a steak, I can go there and, you know, have a few steaks. So, so you have a favorite yeah. cake? Do you have a favorite cake? Yeah, chocolate caramel cake. Ooh. And yeah, and then I saw actually recently, I think it was two days ago, who was made a, had a collaboration with like Chateau, like the cake company, mm. and actually like had a similar like on a different chocolate caramel, but it's yo, it looks delicious. I think mm. women would enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe it sounds like it should be one dedicated to you. <laughs> I'm not a big. I must admit, I don't really have a sweet tooth. I'm, I'm more. Um, my problem is more some of the the brewery stuff that sort of catches me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you become quite famous on social media for for your your cakes and that. Uh, um, and and I mean, as you say, you've got some some nice offers there. I was just wondering, what, Alan Temple Jones is still your fitness guy, isn't he? Um, has he been? Uh, has your fitness team been handing the the, the cake uh, offers? <laughs> so uh, t- unfortunately, TJ left, and I think he's with the uh, Irish Sevens now. But Quinton, your know, cricket is our new conditioning. Uh, but you know what? They said as long as the the numbers add up on the GPS, I can I can still maintain my cake life. <laughs> this is from a man who studied statistics but refuses to count calories. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's a that's a that's a good motto to live by. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Tell me, Ox, you've got a um, you've got kind of a special place in Springbok fans' hearts. I mean, you've uh, sort of crept your way in there, and uh, I won't say made yourself at home because people kind of have to invite you in. But the point is, you are a much loved character already. Um, is they? That's not something that you cultivated. All this comes naturally. I mean, you're a guy who smiles often and you have a particular relationship with, with new people that you meet. You take it all in your stride, I take it. Yeah, I mean, growing up, like my mom always taught me, like, you know, people will, will like will always forget what you say or what you say to them. Uh and probably like what, what you even do to them, but like how you make them feel will always like stay in their hearts. And I think that's what I've like and from from a young age, that's what I've always tried to do. Like, just leave a certain like positive impact in people's lives, and yeah, I guess it just grew on me and became part of my personality. I've got to ask a rugby yeah. question somewhere around here, I suppose. Eh? <laughs> 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 and and, and I'll, I'll ask it because I know Liam was then. You've probably been asked this somewhere around the last couple of weeks of the World Cup. But the the obvious thing that comes to mind straight away when we think about you is obviously the scrumming against England. 
um, and those those that second half performance. Um, just maybe from your point of view, when you came on, I mean, it was pretty tense at that time. You guys were pretty behind. Um, and just your performance turned the game. You got a lot of compliments, a lot of plaudits for it. Just from your point of view, how did you see those last minutes and how did, how did it feel when you came onto the field? Yo, uh, to be honest, like we were sitting on the bench and then we were watching the game because we could we could literally like obviously see the guys that were starting like put like doing all the work to, even though the ball wasn't like really bouncing in our favor. But we could see and I remember Pollard saying by the time by the time we get on, the 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 forwards should have would be broken already. And same with Ache and Kwaki says but the only thing that we have to do is just be critical in what we do. Like, don't do anything that that's out of the natural or force things. Like, do anything that you think you know what will help the team. And I think it's you know I I'm, I mean Paul Paul came on and he did what he does best. Uh, as man, same with our she's like you know what standard boys. We just do what we practice in the week, and I think. By then, the guy, the guys that started had already done their job, and for me, I was like, you know, as well, I'm just trying to make a. I'm also gonna try and make a contribution, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it went well. We were all aligned, and yeah, plan worked, I guess. You've obviously come into a setup um, that has been successful. Obviously, there's been World Cup success. There's been success in the rugby champs and so on against the Lions as well. Um, and obviously the guys play with a, a certain confidence. Uh, they have confidence about them in the way they, they do their job. Even when they are backs to the wall, they find a way of winning. How does a, a guy that comes into that environment, how does that rub off? How do you build up that similar confidence uh, to sort of fight your way out of a corner the way the more the more experienced guys um, have been able to do? Uh, to be honest, you you find your way, like you said, like you're... Because I mean, what Steven gives to the team is what is different from what I give to the team. So I can't expect I can't expect myself to fight out of a corner the way Steven does. So and it's the same way with every single player. Like you find you, you like your mm. what, what what keeps you going as, mm. as a your, player. Your own self belief, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Your your reason for even playing rugby, you understand. So and differs for and you let that take you out of the corner. Because I mean. We like Coach Ross and Coach Coach Rock will always like tell you like they pick warriors and uh, warriors always like kind of they're selfless and they have purpose. So once you find that and it just becomes easy, you can apply the way like yourself the way that is expected of you. Something that is within your nature, not not something that is unnatural to you. You're with Brendan Nell and Liam Delcom on the To The Last Drop podcast. Uh, also, I mean, that World Cup winner's medal must be something special. I, know, I saw, know a lot of your teammates wore it on the trophy tour. Uh, have you got a special place for it? And, and, and just what does it mean to you to have that? I mean, I, I know as a rugby player, you've got lots of awards and things. Probably a, a bit of a, a, a shrine, a, t- a trophy cupboard there somewhere in your house. But where, where does that figure for you? And what, what does it mean that nobody can take that thing away from you? It's on the top shelf. It's you know, for me. It's being a part of history. <laughs> being being able, like like you said, and being like you know, being a part of of history. Being in people's hearts, in in, in the memories, and yeah, you know, I think that's the most important thing for me. Is the thing that 
and it's on the top shelf. Like I don't think anything beats that. I was just gonna mm. follow up. You, you weren't gonna be like Sonny Bill Williams and give your medal away to anybody. I take it. Uh, no, too precious, too precious <laughs> at the moment. No, very precious. Actually, you have stand Obviously, the, the winning the trophy is a big moment, and sort of going onto the podium and collect your medal—that that's huge. But during the tournament, is there a standout moment for you? Um, do you have a favorite moment out of the? I don't know. You were away for how many? A lot of weeks. Uh, like from our team in general, uh, would probably your that. That's probably probably the last moments against um, the, the French where we're defending and just Fauci's came in there and ripped the ball out. And just to, yeah, like I, I still remember the, the sound of that stadium vividly, how how it just, it just felt, like, it felt like the fans were on the field. And then when Fauci got into a tackle and ripped the ball and it just all went... And it was just us. You could like I could feel every like all teammates on the field. I think that moment was like, you know, it's a special. It's worth it. It's worth being away from home. It's did you, you know, did you did you feel or did you sense that the locals uh, demeanor changed towards you guys in the last two weeks? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think naturally, like you know. <laughs> They were, they, were, they were pretty heartbroken, but yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Yeah, I had a, I had a few moments where uh, you, you kind of had to sort of uh, think twice before you identified yourself as being South African. Exactly. <laughs> there were no offers of cake then from the French there for you then, obviously. <laughs> they were. I just I, I, I just had my suspicions about having him. <laughs> I can imagine. Just coming back to obviously the Sharks now, you've now been away, you've had some time off. Team's been struggling. Obviously, they haven't had the greatest start to the UFC this year. Um, And you guys get back. You come from the high of a World Cup final. Um, One, it must be nice to be back in sort of familiar surroundings, but uh, isn't that a bit difficult to come from that high back to you playing sort of UFC rugby again? Uh, How do you handle How do you? I mean, it's the same. So, yeah, like I've been asked that question before, and I say it's the same because, I mean, you as a player, you kind of set, set a, st- a certain standard for yourself, and you, you, there's a like you want to perform a certain way, you want to leave a certain picture, obviously, with every single game you play. And for me, it's honestly saying, you know what, this I play, played at the World Cup, and for me, I need to just get better and apply myself more, and obviously. Uh, help the team where I need to to help them, and, and yeah, that's just my mindset. Do you feel that there is also more pressure, uh, especially from the uh, the returning Springboks, for you guys to sort of pitch up and deliver from the first moment, um, given the position that the Sharks were in, and now obviously you, you guys are the the high profile players, and you need to deliver. Not actually, like I mean, Coach Plummer is pretty honest. He's like he. He, he, he's a straightforward guy and he'll tell, like, he's honest with, with what is needed. And I think, he's, same with him, he says, you know what, do do what you you could at and apply yourself wherever you can, help wherever you can, and obviously, you know, just be present and, you know, enjoy every single moment. The fact that the, the UFC is a long competition, it's a bit of a marathon. Uh, I, I take it... Um, 
teams can sort of take solace out of that, if, especially if you have a bad start. You know that this tournament is long enough for you to sort of build momentum and sort of redress the things that may have gone wrong for you earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, it's not, it's not like you, you can have a bad start, but then you can still, like, be able to finish and, like, top of the log. I mean, we've seen that with teams in uh, history. And so, yeah, I mean, our aim is just from here, how can we get better and how can we improve to make sure that we get, like, good results every single weekend from here on. When you sit back at the end of the day, what what is your um, what, what do you sit back to enjoy and relax with, and and what pairs better with the cake? <laughs> uh, I reckon <laughs> a glass of a glass of cognac, uh, preferably to say, you know, has a lot of like it's smooth, has a lot of flavor, and yeah, you know, that's that's my go-to. What pairs well with cake? <laughs> Cake stands alone. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you say cognac, and uh, you uh, do you drink brandy at all? I mean, I am from the free state. <laughs> well, then <laughs> you have to have obligation. That's it. <laughs> yeah, send it. Well, they call it Bucky Buckley juice, eh? What's it? <laughs> That's the Benoni. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean look I mean cognac's obviously a lot more refined and you drink it very differently to brandy. But uh oh. some of the, some of those rugby players have like John Smith and them have launched now brandy. Have you had that one yet? Avante. Yeah. Uh I haven't actually got, like yo, we got a we got a few bottles, like every every player got a, a bottle. But yeah, I haven't opened it yet. Like I just feel like it just looks it looks, it looks pretty like the box. <laughs> the bottle. <laughs> I like the bottle. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's a, there seems to be a trend there. I mean, I mean, Trevor brought out his gin, uh, as well. And, and, and I mean, uh, Malcolm and Stephen have got their, their, their bomb squad lager. Uh, when are we going to see Ox's, uh, what's going to be your signature one? Ah, uh, we don't, I don't know yet. Everything has, has its own timing. <laughs> Just have to wait for the right time and see. <laughs> you know, my probably like uh, a, a, a bakery or something. I don't know. <laughs> I seem to recall a, a shooter called a, 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 a chocolate cake uh, from my younger days. Um, I think it's probably yeah. still doing the right. So um, best, to, that best to investigate that. Sorry. <laughs> I just might. I just might. <laughs> Uh, listen, thanks for your time. Obviously, it's a long season, and you've you've it's great. You've done other interviews today. Thanks for giving us some time. I hope it was fun for you. It was a lot of fun for us. And yeah, and and ha- good luck for the season. And uh, I'm sure we'll chat to you sometime soon again. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, and yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the the interview. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your day as well, guys. Thanks, thanks, Ox. Thanks, Ox. Cheers, man. To the last drop where try time and wine time go hand in hand. Welcome back, guys. We're back uh, with a very special guest, uh, uh, Sadilin Robo, um, the Springbok Sevens coach. Of course, the Sevens, the new, the revamped, reshaped, uh, streamlined Sevens series starts again in Dubai this weekend. And then next week's the big one, the Cape Town Sevens. Um, and uh, Sandilin, you, you're, you, you're not in Dubai with the guys. Uh, maybe just, um, we know why you're not there, but maybe just tell everybody on the pod why you're not there. Yeah, I, um, 
I, I miraculously uh, injured myself while playing conditioning games with the boys. They were uneven, so I thought, well, just for this part, I'll jump in with the boys and throw the, the ball around. And I guess the tempo is too fast for me. These guys are too fast, and um, <laughs> maybe I'm getting older. But yeah, I wrapped my Achilles in the process, and then uh, yeah, I went for surgery. Are you okay? You on the road to recovery at least? Yeah, no, we we're on the right path. I started physio yesterday, and um, swelling has went down. Stitches are dissolving, so um, yeah, I'm actually on the right path. So yeah, I should be good for Cape Town and Perth. What's the biggest challenge of not having the team in front of you, or you, or, or, you know, seeing them doing the things that they're supposed to be doing? What's the, you know, what's the biggest frustration there? I guess it's more personal, not from. Uh, a coach's point of view or trust point of view. I think I'm a, I'm a hands-on person. I, I want to be there. I want to engage with the boys and ask them, how are you feeling? Look at this. I'm on the field. And we're talking about, we, we're basically engaging. And that's that's the tough part that you can't be there and talk about it. On the field as well, maybe game day, Some someone might look might look tired, but you quickly speak to him on the mic. It's like, I'm all good, coach. Don't take me off, you know? So uh, that's the type of feeling that I wouldn't have. But... Other than that, um, it, it's actually not hard because the, the bigger part of our prep was done and I've got full trust with on uh, Philip's name because we're on the same page, exactly the same page. We, we Everything that flows out of his mouth or my mouth is exactly what flows out of his mouth. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident. Uh, Marius Kuman is there as well. So, yeah. You guys are, are pretty tight in the group to begin with. Uh, but you came in last season, um, obviously with some high hopes, um, the team was already a bit on the a bit of a downward, downward. I won't say spiral's not the right word, but the trend was going a bit downward. And you had a lot of injuries, a lot of players leaving at the same time, almost like a perfect storm of what you didn't want to have coming into your first year. Um, you've had to have uh, a lot of. Uh, I'm sure you, you bald, so I can't say you got a lot of grey hairs, but I'm sure um, you, you've been tested, and the anxiety levels have been a bit up over the last season. Your first season in charge. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think my character has been tested and my spiritual relationship has been tested in the past couple of um, couple of months, last season. Um, luckily, I'm still married, so um, I guess my marriage is still strong, you know. But um, yeah, I uh, it, was, it was pretty tough. It was pretty, pretty tough. There was a lot of work that we needed to do. And it, it actually, the bigger part, the big chunk of the revamping or renewing the team was off the field stuff. So guys not getting along um, off the field issues that we needed to deal with and whether it came from the past or was recent, we just needed to deal with that stuff. And you can just see it, it, literally that stuff is just filtered away and we we're on the same page. And again, I don't know, the ego is the enemy. For the longest time, the, the Blitzbox, um, it, it was said that there's a strong culture and an ethos in that side, and that was one of the, the things that made the team tick. Uh, is, is, has some of those things been compromised in this process, or um, is it just uh, you feel that this is an evolution that really needed to take place now? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, and it happens with everyone. I think Rossi has probably mentioned this too. He mentioned this, he, ma- he mentions this in the change room all the time and the boardroom to the boys. Everyone goes through it, you know. At some point, you accomplish um, a couple of accolades, and you get sponsors, and then the, your uncle and your family are really blowing smoke, and they they're really pumping you up, you know. And and eventually, you start think you start becoming a little bit uh, arrogant, and you 
bit bigger than the game. Um, you think I don't have to do this, no, but it's about me. So so that all of that stuff. No, I want to live in a single room and not in a double room. So all of that stuff it has to do with ego, and it builds up. It frustrates people, and that stuff gets carried over to the to the to the field. But I guess each and every rugby player goes through that. I think I went through that, and someone needed to humble me. So yeah, that's the stuff that we needed to to get through, and just to realize that actually it's not about us. This culture is actually about South Africa. This culture is actually about the Springbok Sevens badge. Like, do we really care about it? So it's got nothing to do with you. So that's that's been our whole talk. We, it's not about anyone else. It's literally about this badge and what the badge means to the country. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great. It was a great experience um, to, to be where we are right now from a culture point of view, to see how the guys... Uh, cry and are vulnerable to each other and open up to each other and they're fighting and they play with this attitude that they they're really 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 hungry and uh, it's really good to see obviously a lot of this stuff we don't see away it's away from the field it's in your private um sort of spaces and such and and it's very easy for the public outside they just look at the results and the disappointment of of some of the some of the tournaments last season and and the world cup in particular and the fact that you guys haven't qualified for the Olympics as well at this moment, um, that, that's just from a personal level, that must have been extremely frustrating to have all that and that expectation on your back the whole time because everybody expects you to be there in the top three, four sides in the world all the time. Yeah, I know. And again, I think that expectation was created by reputation and our hard work in the previous years. So, and we're not shying away from it. Again, like we want that type of pressure. Otherwise, don't don't wear the springbok, don't wear the springbok jersey, you know. Um, but it, it was just it was just difficult not not getting the results um, coming forward. Um, and we looked at most of our big games against the top four teams, against Argentina and New Zealand and Australia. Halftime, we were, we were two points up at a seven all or five all, and we ended up losing the game pretty close. I believe that, and, and and this is what we always preach to the boys, that when two teams are equally good and equally conditioned or talented, it's the team with the best culture that is going to come out on top because you're just willing to fight for each other a little bit more extra. Or oh, he made an error, I'll cover for him. I make an error, then you cover for me. And that's why it looks like it's a smooth working machine where, yes, there were a lot of mistakes, but because we care about each other so much, we cover each other's mistakes and it looks like solid defense uh, system. And that's what we missed because you guys don't get along on the field or you bring your issues off the field and they're coming to the field. I'm like, no, VFL come out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not chasing after the guy. I'm with my fool. You know, little, little things like that. And I'm not just saying that's the only thing, but um, we needed to solve a lot of laundry outside of the field and come back to our roots and our culture for us to actually get results or play to our level and standards. Over the last year, the things. How happy are you that over the last year, the things that you've tried to bend down uh, in this in this squad? Uh, how confident are you that it will take root properly in this campaign? I'm pretty confident, just purely based on our prep. And I know we came short in the Olympic qualifiers, but the results are not a true reflection of that game and how we prepped. And we had Australia come through. You know, a couple of couple of weeks, couple of months ago. 
um, in South Africa and Stellenbosch, and they were here for two weeks. And we gave them five six. We won six out of the five, five of the, out of the six games, and they put their full squad. You know, so we we definitely on the right path. And just the things that we spoke about, they're such a mature group now. I mentioned one or two things, and they they just listening to them and how they talk to each other. That tells you a lot. That's that tells you that we're on the right path, and that means that we've inflicted our discipline, our discipline process, myself and Philly, and they, they know where's the line right now and what it takes to be in this team and prepared to play for the Springbok Sevens. I was going to ask the the is there clarification yet about your Olympic qualification? I mean, there is one more tournament, the Repercharge tournament. Are you guys allowed to go? Are you waiting to hear? Um, what's what's the latest in that? As far as I'm concerned, I I believe there's one more, and I I didn't hear anything about us not being able to go and, and qualify. Um, so yeah, that's something that Mario Skuman will clarify with us. But we literally changed our focus. We literally we we need to win the circuit. End of story. We get we focus on Dubai. We're gonna come Cape Town, come blazing there, and we take it from then on. Um, we believe that if we have a good season and we put the right things in place place for each and every tournament come qualifiers we are about to qualify and it'll it'll take care of itself just purely because of the process of each and every tournament that we went through and we try to perfect if we look too far we're going to trip over dubai if we're looking at olympics we're going to trip over cape town we're looking at perth or hong kong we're going to trip over perth or cape town you know so we have to focus on what's what's in front of us right now but just just from a um clarity point of view i do believe that we yes we can go to another tournament um whether we can't or any objections i've never heard of any objections so yeah you, you obviously have a a, a half, more than a half decent record in dubai um uh, you met success there last year how difficult is it after a tournament to sort of shut it all off and and move on to the next as the circus moves on to the to the next town um, I think for the new boys, it's pretty much difficult there. But I think being a player, I've played there and been coached by someone that played there. And I'm, I'm coaching these boys. And these boys that I played, some of them played in my era as well. So we've got a back to zero process that we implement. It's literally, we say after you win, you're on the rock, you enjoy it as much as you can. The next day, back to zero. And our next session that we do is harder than the game just because you need to come back and do the things that made you successful in preparation for what you're going to do on the field. As they had a good forget, then you're in big trouble. So you need to come back to zero and start all over again. And that is a skill of sevens. You need to come back and do it again. Beat this team, refocus again, enjoy it, high fives. When you get off that field, we don't talk about it again. It's, it's recovery and we look at the next footage of the next team. We win day one, we don't look at day one again. It's recovery and focus on the next team. So we are we have a back to zero process um that we implement. And it's again, it's a little bit tough for when you when you're new. It's was tough for guys like Ricky, it will be tough for probably Q and Katlejo, but we make sure that they understand what this means and and try hard as hard as possible to psychologically turn the the page around and focus on the next thing, next toss at hand. My last question to you is, um, yeah, streamlined cir- uh, circuit now. You've lost a couple of tournaments. The travel's probably a little bit better. There's now a season finale now, big showpiece season finale. Two-day tournaments instead of three in a lot of the cases, especially Cape Town. 
Better, worse, uh, obviously less room for error in that situation as well. But um, how does it change your thinking as well in your preparation? Yeah, look, I think from a player welfare point of view and longevity and strategy point of view, it's 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 definitely um, appealing and um, I think quite accommodating because your your long your your older players will last a little bit longer, you know, because they've got more rest. It's on a back to back, where if you play a back to back and you've got a guy that's got a niggle, you you're losing that guy. So you need to you're kind of forced or strong arms to to go with another strategy or another player, which changes things a little bit. But now it's one tournament at a time and you've got kind of three three weeks at home and traveling once a month. That's that should that should give the boys and change your intentions in terms of uh let's 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 give it our all. We've got three more weeks to rest at home. We've got nothing to lose. You don't have to hold back for another tournament, you know. So yeah, it definitely changes things for, for us and how we approach it. And I, I guess your next your next question would be how would you approach it? Is we like to approach each and every tournament like it's a one day to a once off tournament. So don't look at Cape Town Dubai. Just look at Dubai and execute Dubai. Execute day one, game one. Yeah. Sanila, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Tensa. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, see you guys soon. We wish you well on for the rest of the for the campaign. And especially the, Thanks, the especially the the recovery. I think that that's I think we wish you more for those those physio sessions that are going to be rather tough. So good luck for that. It's it's not an easy injury to overcome. So good luck. Eh? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Thanks a lot, Brendan. I'll see you in Cape Town. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers as well. Thanks for listening. And a reminder, you can find all the To The Last Drop podcasts on the Brendan Nell YouTube channel, iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.